0: Video Game Pulse.
1: Episode 275.
0: Everybody, I am Millennium X17. And I'm
2: Doc Atakito. And we have catty supervision. Mm.
0: <laughs> some some weak sauce supervision and two breakdancing cats. Yeah. what I've been told.
1: And well. some sniffles.
0: And, and some sniffles, right. So, how is everybody?
1: I think the sniffles are the true supervision of
2: this mm. show. <laughs>
0: it's
1: not
2: my fault, my allergies are playing up. <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty
1: good. How about you?
0: Surviving. Kaz is yawning up a storm over there. <laughs> There's another one. Shut up. <laughs> How are you doing, Kaz?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Sniffly. Sniffly. All right. Uh, end of February. Well, no. Well, yeah. It's actually actually towards the end of February. February yeah, flew is. by. It
1: really did.
0: Wow. It was pretty shocking. The uh, not really all that terribly much going on right now. Mm. Uh, news is sl- oddly slow. Like the stories it that are is. out it are is. big. Like here's the thing. When I was gathering news for today's show. It just came to my attention. I'm like, I could spend, you know, a few hours gathering news and we could talk about news for, you know, most of the show. But it's like, do you really just want to talk about fluff news? Yeah. It's like, really. so there's only really five key tabs and then a bunch of flash. flash. Yeah, no, there's five huge tabs that we're probably going to have a discussion on and then half of which probably isn't even going to be that long of a discussion. (laughs) There goes a breakdancing cat, I think. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. It's okay. The, uh... And then, you know, there's a bunch of Flash, but I don't think we're going to be spending that much time on it all together. Yeah. Pretty much. I don't think there's much else to go with it. I honestly, I can't think of any real side notes that I have... Do you have any?
1: I think the only one I really have is uh, the fact that Zelda comes out next week.
0: That's right. I do have a side note. You can continue.
1: Yeah, Zelda Breath of the Wild along with the Switch launches next week. uh, I believe a week from tomorrow. But
0: you do not have a pre-order for the Switch.
1: Not the Switch. I got the Wii U copy on pre-order, so I'm going to go and pick that up. Hopefully on the day. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm definitely looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. That sounds pretty interesting. The other thing that I uh, that my side note is is that I've done everything that I could possibly do to hold GameFly's hand. <laughs> anyone who's ever dealt with them knows that oh, you yeah. have to. So at this point in time, we have you we have two games out a month for you know our plan. One of them is back. They got it this past Tuesday. There's only one game on the list, mm. and it launches this Tuesday. Being Horizon Zero Dawn, so in theory, they should be sending it out. Yeah. As to what actually happens on we'll this Monday, out. we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Sometime Monday when I wake up, I'm hoping to see a oh we've shipped Horizon Zero Dawn. But great, you know what? I'll get it a few <laughs> days late, but it's okay. I'll be playing that.
1: Yeah, yeah I can't wait to play that everywhere right now. You? Yeah. Yeah, that looks like it's gonna be a lot yeah. of fun. I'm definitely looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing that.
0: A lot of word out of the street is that it's really good.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. I've heard it's got a really good, intriguing story. So yeah, I think what we said our plan was is that you're gonna have Breath, uh you're gonna have uh Zero Dawn, I'm gonna have Breath of the Wild, and then we're gonna swap those two at some point, and then each have a yeah. turn with them.
0: Yeah, and then my other plan is is that as soon as my current gameplay game goes back, it'll leave an opening on the list as well, and then I'll be putting Mass Effect on the list.
1: Okay, that works. That so Should line up pretty nicely.
0: Yeah, because Mass Effect Andromeda is supposedly the end of the month.
1: Yes, it's March twenty third, I believe.
0: First is what I heard.
1: I heard third. I don't know.
0: Let me look at the calendar. I can tell you real quickly. It's whatever that Tuesday is. It's gonna be uh twenty first. Okay. Twenty third is a Thursday.
1: All right. Well, somewhere in that vicinity of time, it'll come out.
0: Yep. You know, and as for you know, so so next week's uh the next show, I always say next week it's a habit of me the next show we do is probably going to be a really interesting show in that we're going to be you're going to be doing a first initial brief look at the Zelda game Breath of yep. the Wild on Wii U and mm-hmm. I will be doing probably a first look on Horizon Zero Dawn yep so you know it's like uh, from 0 to 100 there's nothing <laughs> for months and then all of a sudden everything comes out cuz then cuz it's it's going to be Horizon and Zelda a week apart end of March is uh is Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm actually very much looking forward to that. Like a week or I think it's two weeks later is Persona Five. Yep. And Which then... it better
1: damn well come out this time or I will rage. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> There's no Christ. excuse
0: for it to not have come out already. There's but then no again, excuse for at it the same time, out. I'm almost kind of glad it did because then it's like it was, uh, we would have had to have wedged Persona in, in in the month of February up until Horizon. You know, Fair it's point. Just like I think but...
2: to be fair, they've kept delaying it because they want it just right.
0: Well, here's the thing: the game's already I say, out. The game's so... already out. No, in
1: I Japan. mean in the English dubbing. I'm saying, yeah, the only thing that they could possibly have left to do is the final localizations. There's
2: been a lot of videos on uh, Anime News Network about the dubbing vi- dubbing characters and such.
0: Mm. I haven't watched any of them. I'm I just haven't. gonna go into the game blind.
2: Yeah, that's what just I watch do. the one I gave you late, so That's all I request.
0: Yeah, the uh, so it's like so it, it, up till the beginning of April, it's like it's gonna be quite busy, mm. and then all of a sudden, after you know that, it's like I don't know anything that's coming out right in the summertime. <laughs> it's gonna be right back into a desert.
2: Yeah, most of my games will end up being later in the year, even though they're coming out now, because I am broke.
1: Yeah, another one that, uh, after Persona 5 comes out, another one I was thinking of looking at getting is uh, Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. Because that game is adorable and amazing and I need it in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. monies. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that.
2: I actually abused a Steam sale earlier. Oh my god, I had to check bought something. I actually had to check my bank account before even spending that much. But yeah, I noticed a midweek madness happened to be on and it was an interesting one.
0: They can be from time to time.
2: Well, it was The Sims 3 and all of the DLCs were on sale as well. But they had a bundle on for the base game, pets, seasons, and generations for £13.14p. Nice. When it should I have th- been over 50
1: Yeah, I think I got Sims 3 on a winter sale. It was Sims 3 plus pets for like 12 bucks or something.
2: Yeah, I spent about that on... Sims Three plus three
1: expansions. Nice. Yeah, mine was just base game and pets.
2: I've not played The Sims since the original.
1: <laughs> yeah, I played Sims Two for a while. I, I have, have not my, touched uh, The Sims Origin. in years. Yeah, I think I picked up Sims Two on Origin when they were selling—not even selling—they were giving they were it giving away. It for away. Free. Yeah, base game plus all DLC. Yeah, I missed Completely out all Yeah, I grabbed that immediately.
0: Yeah, I've not I I've never actually played a Sims game, other than, like, you know, well the Sims franchise is bigger than just the Sims, but yeah, the yeah. Sims I've never really played. Mm, I like uh, it, it's fun. It's kind of hard to get into it when, you know, EA and Maxis and SimCity, yeah. that whole debacle. I
1: yeah, know. the original
2: Sims was a case of, try for five minutes to play it, legitly realize you can't afford shit, and immediately start cheating.
1: <laughs> Pretty much.
2: And moving you sims into the huge mansion on the original game.
0: It's always a good time. Mm. Oh, you know, the one sim game that I actually wish they would try to reinvigorate and bring back is uh, Sim Tower. Sim
1: Tower, I knew what you were going to say there.
0: Such a good game. Um, I love that, that one. That game is awesome. I have that on CD somewhere.
1: Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere. I haven't seen it in a hundred years. Yeah, Sim Tower, man. That that was a very unique game.
0: That was legit. It that was. was so much fun.
1: Never been a game like it since.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's really much else. I mean, we can keep on meandering, but I really, like I said, there's not much really happening right now. Mm. So, uh, yeah, news. News. It is now time for some flash news. Yes. As always, if you wish to talk about anything in more depth, stop me. Mm. Valve wants to bring back paid mods eventually. Right. Sounds helpful. Mm. Eventually. 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 This one and that one and this one I'll categorize in the same category. This next story says YouTube uh, will get rid of unskippable 30-second advertisements.
2: Oh, that's a good thing.
0: Yes, I'll categorize those last two stories, and I'll believe it when I see it.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, next up, Verizon and Yahoo agree to $4.48 billion purchase price. All right. Mm. Uh, moving on, Humble Freedom Bundle sends more than $6.5 million to charity.
2: That is awesome. It pissed me off that I couldn't afford the 30 quid for that.
1: I know, I couldn't either, but that was a legit bundle.
0: That was pretty big.
1: That was awesome.
0: Oh, it was pretty... What was it? was like 60-something games?
1: More than that, I think. So they kept adding more and more on every day. All right, so
0: it was even more than when I last heard about it. Yeah. That's definitely awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, it has been confirmed that Eric Wolpaw has left Valve. Right. Uh, he is the writer who... He's a writer he wrote uh, for Half-Life and Left 4 Dead, I believe, is the other one he wrote for. All right. So, so you know, dashing even more hopes for a Half-Life 3 or... Half-Life 2 Episode 3 or That's whatever it. the hell they're going to do with that.
1: I don't think they're going to do anything with that. Yeah, at this it's point. Yeah, I know.
0: I don't know why they wouldn't. That would be such a huge game for them I to know. drop. Now it's just kind of the unicorn they keep at the back of the office.
1: That's it. <laughs> that is a good way to put it. Yeah,
0: I know. Right next to the, you know, the, the, the secret of the universe they keep <laughs> the, that unicorn called Half-Life 3 is back there as well. Yep. Yep. That's, That's cool. how it goes. Oh, we got a breakdancing cat. I
1: actually caught it. The cat has been captured for now. For now. Look at her face. She's like, God damn you. (laughs) I was going to say the face should tell you all.
0: Hmm. Yes. Moving on. We have, uh, so a guy was able to get a uh, Nintendo Switch two weeks early. He showed off the uh, UI and a bunch of other stuff relating to the console itself.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I know. And, and then also, I heard the update, too. Yeah, the
0: update is the next story It's itself is then Nintendo claimed that the uh, the leaked Nintendo Switch was uh, actually a stolen console. Nice. And here's the thing. The guy that showed it off bought it from the guy that stole, uh, stole it. Yeah. So he ended up having to, he in order to avoid any legal repercussion from Nintendo, he had to give it back to Nintendo, and he got nothing for it.
2: Yeah, sounds about
1: right.
0: So I was like, Really?
2: Mm, though we yeah. don't really know if the dude was part of the ring that stole it or
0: not. Yeah. Nah. From the story that I heard, I don't think so. But then again, I don't have the you know the intricate details of the mm. ongoings of it. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a thing that happened. Yep. Uh, moving on. There's a bunch of other Nintendo Switch, uh, you news right here. Some flash of that. Uh, you can now claim your Nintendo Switch username, even though the console's not out yet. You can still claim your username now. Right. Uh, Nintendo confirms that the Switch will not have a virtual console at launch.
1: Eh, I'm not sure how well that's going to go down.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. You, we already knew the the launch of the unit and stuff. Like, the initial launch, okay, okay, but then it's like, once you get a month out, all of a sudden it goes dry real quick.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So that's not going to help that matter. And then uh, Nintendo also announced some more launch titles, which didn't sound all that grand. On, let me take a look at them. There is uh, Fast RMX, so there's that, there's Shovel Knight Specters of Torment, and Shovel Knight Treasure Trove.
1: Yeah, those are DLCs. I wish they would do a proper sequel to Shovel Knight. That game is so good.
0: mm but yeah, that's that's all there is for that. Moving on, the uh, the Bioshock creator Ken Levine's his new studio is named Ghost Story.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: I do like that. It's gonna that's be interesting. Cool. It's gonna be very interesting seeing what he'll do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Uh oh, Todd Howard has said in an interview that he can't say if the Elder Scrolls V: Skyrim on the Switch is or is not the special edition.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> that doesn't bode well.
0: That should no, be all you doesn't. need to know. I was
1: going to say, that in itself is pretty much the answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because if it was, they'd say so.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. And by saying that, they are just trying to hold off the tide.
0: <laughs> mm. Which would People make it that much. are not much...
1: going to pay 60 quid for old
2: Skyrim now.
0: Yeah. Yep. Not much else are we can really say about that. Moving on is uh so the Nintendo of America co founder Alan Stone has died at the age of seventy one years old.
2: Aww. That's not very old.
0: Yeah, he passed away from complications due to his uh ongoing battle with cancer.
1: Oh, cancer yeah. again. Yep. Again, as always.
0: Yep. So that's definitely sad. It is. So you know we uh I don't really have much else to be you know how do we move on from that? I don't know. Uh anime? Sure, why not? Uh, Filmworks has finally managed to re- extract their thumb from their anus and said, you know what? It might be a good idea to dub School Live.
2: <laughs> and then
0: come out with it. So it's coming out in June.
1: That'll be cool. I love School Live. Oh,
0: uh, That's such a good show.
1: It is. Such a good show.
0: And it's going to be in English, too.
1: That'll yes. be awesome.
0: <laughs> it's so good. Every once in a while, I go back and I look on YouTube. There's a guy who does reaction videos to animes oh uh, i know this one yeah desert reviews is the guy's name and he does a desert review of he's only has episode one of school live that's all he's ever done i don't know why he hasn't gone back and done more of it uh but uh his reaction to the first episode for if you've never been spoiled to it you need to watch at least the first episode of that because it looks from a surface it looks like saturday morning happy fun times
1: oh yeah and then
0: there's a point where it takes a hard left turn
1: yeah the twist in that first episode is incredible, and the way they set it up is so good as well because <laughs> like, they good. keep like dropping very subtle hints like you'll see something that's not quite slightly out of place slightly but out not of place totally like in the background or something like you'll see not like, a
0: quite a total red flag, you
1: know, not quite a red flag, but just something kind of odd kind of out of place, and then it kind of slowly reveals what's actually going on, and you're like. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so good.
1: Oh, It's so good. Especially for anyone out there who's not expecting it. Oh, yeah. It's really good. The setup was brilliant on that one.
0: Most definitely. Main news. Main news. All righty then.
1: Oh, yes. (sighs) This is the thing that happened.
0: Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. It has been officially confirmed. They have finally outed him. Mm. PewDiePie is officially a Nazi.
1: Yes, so I've
0: heard. He's racist, he's bigoted, and they finally caught him red-handed.
1: Yes, apparently he's Hitler.
0: That's right. He is Hitler's right-hand man. Yep. He's his pal. Oh, trust me,
1: I have heard nothing but this on YouTube for the past two weeks Mm -hmm. straight.
0: And because of this, uh, YouTube has canceled PewDiePie's Red series. Yep. Dropped his preferred advertising series. He's been uh, dropped from Maker... His, uh, his network, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, like, shit. Like, I would imagine just from that purporting alone, the Wall Street Journal did their job. <laughs> Good, right? Unless, of course, they were misrepresenting the story entirely.
2: Mm. I know, right? It was ridiculous.
1: I know.
0: So, here's the fun part. For those who haven't heard this, I, you know, if you're in the games industry, you probably have heard this already, so it's probably old news at this point, but, uh, the report from the Wall Street Journal is utter shit. It is. Yeah. And it, like, blew my fucking mind mm. that the Wall Street Journal would run a story like this. Yep. It is astonishing.
1: Yeah, and according to uh, a couple other YouTubers, like, I've been watching a lot of YouTubers voice their thoughts Markiplier about Markiplier did this. it. Mark did it. Jack did it. Jack did Apparently, it. Apparently, like, the story that was run from the Wall Street Journal, like, they didn't even contact Felix beforehand. They just ran it and then after the fact went to him and told him to defend himself, basically. It's yeah, the way i heard it's it. It's even
0: worse than you know because if it. Uh, Link, everyone should watch his response video to it because it's mm. unreal. Like, he, he, he debunks it instantaneously. The some, So what the Wall Street Journal, this was like three different reporters for the Wall Street Journal took, went back through his videos and watched a bunch of his videos and found a couple that where he, there's one where he dressed up in like an SS uniform and then was watching a a Hitler video trying to add subtitles to it and what have you. And there's a couple others like that. Yeah. and The what have you. And the whole point of that specific video was how he was talking about how the media likes to take him out of context and misreport on him. Mm -hmm. That was the context of the video. And I'm I'm underselling the context of that video. Mm -hmm. That was the context. of they watched that entire video and cut the section with him in the SS uniform out and then put it out of context. In yep. their little hit piece video. Mm-hmm. It's fucking astonishing to me.
1: It is, I know. Out of
0: the, all the journalists in the world where I would actually trust, the Wall Street Journal is one that I thought I could. Mm-hmm. It's beyond comprehension how irresponsible it was. I know. It doesn't even matter whether you like PewDiePie or not. His content is obviously changing. He used to be someone different when he was mm-hmm. younger. We all were. Oh, yeah, of course. But the, it just baffles me as to how threatened the mainstream media is getting over YouTube I so know. obviously their whole hit piece towards PewDiePie is that they can delegitimize the biggest guy in the platform then therefore all YouTubers are you know it'll trickle down effect mm-hmm. it's ridiculous it's unbelievable and I it baffles my word this is in my opinion why fake news is so critically uh, important to debunk because this is what we, when you hear fake news, this is what actually people are actually talking about. Now, fake news has been misrepresented into 1,500 different little mm-hmm. subcategories. The key with me is that in the world of Twitter and Facebook, it's all about headlines and yep. ad mm-hmm. clicks. Oh, yeah. Of course. And people are going to see that PewDiePie is anti-Semite or, you know, or Hitler or Nazi or what have you. And they're going to read and go, oh, OK. okay. And, and that's all as far as they're going to go. Yeah. They're going to read the headline, and go retweet and then. That's the end of it. And then mm. next thing you know, like it, it's when, um, was it Mark's video or somebody's video? I forget whose video it was when he said that it, he had to uh, have that conversation with his mom when his mom asked, well, you're friends with PewDiePie. Why is he a Nazi or something like <laughs> that? I can't remember if that was Markiplier or not. I
1: don't think it was Mark. I think it was somebody else. I think it was
0: somebody. I can't honestly remember who yeah. it was. I've Mark seen will a put ton out of the video them.
1: about uh, respect. Respect,
0: yeah, yep. which was really good.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I don't think I ever showed you Jack's video. I should probably. Do I've that heard about Jack, it. Jack's video was I've heard great about as it. well.
0: No, you know what? It was it was Philip DeFranco. I think it was Philip DeFranco well, that, was that, that had that. Okay. That uh, And it was just like how he had to explain to his parents that, no, this is terrible but It's like all these people that would read the headline, believe it, and not do their own research.
1: Yeah, it's the way of and the world now. he's the
0: thing. Even if the Wall Street Journal does a retraction article, how many people are going to see that versus the first one? Exactly. And that is where the danger of fake news comes in. And that is where I get pissed off. Mm. This is because It does it has nothing to do with whether or not you're mainstream or a guy in your garage. If you n- purposely spin something out of context... And it, you know, it, but regardless if it reaches one set of eyes or millions of set of eyes, it's damaging and it's irresponsible reporting. And it's like from a source that I would thought to have trusted
1: I know. now.
0: And it's the same thing. I said the same thing years ago when it was Fox News and the sex box scandal, oh, you know, yeah. controversy. Oh, that. no, there's sex in video games. And it was total horseshit to begin with. Yep. Same thing now. It's like back then, anything I saw on the Foxes or the CNNs or anything. Every time I hear that, like if they're if they do that little research into something that I know about, what if they're talking about a subject that I know nothing about? How much research did they put into that? Exactly. I can't. I can't tell the difference. About. Same story here. Now all of a sudden, every time I look at the Wall Street Journal, every time they talk about some sort of financial industry over in you know in some other business that I don't understand, it's like. I don't know if you did the same amount of research. You could have had just as bad of information and you could be spinning the story just as badly as you did with PewDiePie. Mm-hmm. And that is where the dangers of fake news comes in because now the credibility of the entire site, for as far as I'm concerned, is soured mm-hmm. because of it. Because these journalists that went out of their way to just slander somebody because they don't like their th- – they feel threatened by the YouTube. I know, the it's, it's like It's, it's unbelievable yep. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Zaldere at the end. <laughs> That's hilarious. It. Oh, another good one that uh, was uh, was H three H three. I think was the one another one that did a great reaction video to PewDiePie's whole this whole disaster. He was great because at the end of it, he cut himself up in his own video to do a same sort sort of thing of you know news channel at eleven or something like yeah, that type yeah. of deal at the end of it, where he where he takes stuff that he said during his own video defending PewDiePie out of context. <laughs> And it's like it, it, it's so easy to do in this day and age where you just take that 10 second snippet of one thing that somebody says about, oh, yeah, let's go kill all the Jews and what have you. And it's like, yeah, of course, that's ridiculous. Of course, that's insanity. Of course, that's not you know appropriate. Mm. But if you cut that one little snippet out and go, oh, wow, I guess Millennium's a racist now. I know.
1: And that's the thing as well is that the uh the community on YouTube, the way, like, the comment section, like, YouTube comments are toxic at the best of times, but this one is on a whole new level. Yeah. Because a lot of the reaction videos I've been watching, I've also been reading a lot of the comments, and it's like, there is no right opinion to have about this. It's like, you know, if you defend what he did, then you're also a Nazi. If you say, you know, oh, he might have gone too far with that joke, then you're throwing him under the bus. And it's like, there's literally no winning. And like all of the other YouTubers that have done reaction videos are also getting hate on over this, no matter what their opinion is. So, I mean, like it just spirals out of control.
0: Yeah. And that's also another side point entirely different. It's like back when uh, Trump got elected and everyone lost their mind. Oh, he's a Nazi. He's this or that. It's like at this point in time, is that the only insult we have left in our society? Oh, you're yeah. a Nazi because I, know, I disagree I with you. Really? Is yep. that the only course of action we have at this point in time? Pretty much, yeah. Like, seriously, the series of escalation is like, like it, it baffles my mind.
1: I know, it's bullshit.
0: You know, in 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 his own defense, he said, he's like, yeah, I, I screwed up. This was a joke that the uh, I was trying to make a point in a joke and it went south at some point and lost its intention. He says, at best, I'm an amateur comedian. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's like at the same time, the fact that they pull them out of context entirely and then spin it the way they did. The, I, I I If you haven't actually seen the Wall Street Journal video, watch that because it is shocking.
1: It is disgusting what they Especially did. Especially
0: when you then watch the uh, the videos themselves, the actual videos they cut that footage from. It will blow your mind entirely. Mm. I mean, and the funny thing about the whole situation is that they tried to destroy PewDiePie doing this article. That was their whole thing. It was a hit piece. Yep. Uh, since then, he's, his subscriber count has gone parabolic up. Yep. <laughs> it's like because it, people
1: aren't you know stupid. People can see bullshit when there is bullshit to be seen.
0: Yeah, no, especially when it's something this obvious. Something
1: this obvious, definitely.
0: The problem is, is that not all the time it is. It's just what I said earlier. Is mm-hmm. that you know when when the Wall Street Journal or Fox or CNN or whoever insert anyone here is reporting on a story or a subject topic matter that I don't know the full extent of. How do I know whether or not they're they did their research? Mm-hmm. You know, and in this day and age, how many people actually do their own research? I know. That's where it gets really dangerous Mm -hmm. is the fact that, you know, in this, like I said, clickbait headline. People read the headline. Oh, it must be true. And then that's all the research they do on it. Exactly. So it's it's just it's a very sad state Mm. at this current time and place. Absolutely. Uh yeah, since then, he, his his first video since then has been, uh, it was titled, I Kill Hitler, or something like that, <laughs> and it's him playing Sniper Elite 3 or 4, I forget, I don't even know which one, and it's hysterical. He should, y'all should watch it, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, is there anything else you need to say about that? Not really, he pretty much covered all the points. Yeah. Nope. Kaz?
1: No. Nope.
0: None whatsoever?
1: Yeah, I could tell that there was a good rev up to that rant, because he pretty much nailed every point.
0: It, it just, it's, uh, it, it really, and I don't know how, how, if I could even find the right words to describe the disappointment, I think is the closest thing, mm. in the Wall Street Journal, a, a, oh, a yeah. source that you would expect Absolutely. to be journalists about something, and no, they, they, they pulled a lot of this stuff out there. and that's the part that really baffles me more than anything else, is the fact that one of the videos they take out of context is where PewDiePie's talking about how the media always takes me out of context. Exactly. And it was towards the end of this that he did that skit with the uh, with the SS officers' uniform. It's like, yeah. Let's take someone had to watch that, saw the whole thing, and then was like, nope. Let's take this one clip out of context.
1: I know the irony is painful. It's quite
0: astonishing, is what it is. But again, I don't think there's much else we can really say about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one, that one pissed me off. This one is yeah. was, was fucking unacceptable. Is what it is.
1: Yeah, I know that uh, Jack was really. Annoyed and disappointed as well, because apparently he himself had a huge role in this next season of Scared PewDiePie. So that hurts him as well.
0: Yeah. And again, that's where it's like, uh, Disney dropped him as well from their their his partnership with him. I I think Disney is part of Maker Studios, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So and that's the thing. It's like oh, for anti Semitic views, and then everyone's like, well, Walt Disney himself was a racist and an anti Semite. Yeah. So details,
1: details. You know,
0: I mean, obviously that's a pretty extreme viewpoint from a someone that started a company. You know, decades ago Mm -hmm. versus the company now, obviously, is is a different company than it once was. Anyone who's actually honestly seen Disney cartoons in the 30s. I mean, (laughs) damn. Damn, I
1: know it was bad. That was a
0: a different time and place. (laughs) Uh, And obviously the company has changed, but still all the same. It's just like, "Mm, really? The fact that it was taken out of context, it was so quickly debunked that it was completely. And no, it doesn't matter. Yep. I'm like really, like that's where it really upsets me more than anything else. But again, I don't know if I if we just keep going on that, I'll just keep raging on it because it yeah. just is, I found it to be hu- unacceptable say, on so I many think levels. I
2: to need to shut you up.
0: It's unacceptable on so many levels. It really is. I'm disappointed on a lot of fronts, and it just it, what leaves me to believe, what leaves me is that I just question. I'm like, how many people actually do their own research? It's just not many. It's unbelievable. Well, again, I don't know where else how we could jump off from that other than to say that let's go from one crazy story to the next.
1: Oh, this is fantastic. Do you want to,
0: you want to lead this one off?
1: Sure. So the uh, lawsuit with Digital Homicide and Jim Sterling has finally come to a close. And guess who won? I
0: don't know if winning is I quite the say, right maybe way. Not. It was
1: dropped. Yeah, it was dropped because apparently his... Uh, I think it was,
0: it's probably what you would call a bittersweet pass.
1: Yeah. Well, at least it's finally over with. Dear God, that dragged on forever. So, yeah, digital homicide has been forced to drop the case after Jim Sterling's lawyer had some words with them and tried to, like, explain to them how stupid it would be to actually try to go forward into trial with this.
0: Hey, he sat him down into a corner and was like, listen now.
1: And listen now, <laughs> yeah.
0: This is what you're going to present, and this is how we're going to respond, and this is how it's going to go for you.
1: Exactly. Oh, God, yeah, the, uh, the Romaine brothers. Those two are, like, clinically insane. Yes.
0: So the, uh, the actual lawsuit itself was dismissed with prejudice mm. is the official ruling on it.
1: Which basically means they can't try to re-sue him for something, like, remotely similar to the original charges.
0: Which is, uh, in itself, is, I don't know if a dismissal is enough for legal precedent or not. I don't know. I'm not sure either. I'm not that... Mm. Well versed in the legalese, it's one of those languages I don't speak. Uh but nonetheless, it's definitely a step in the right. And obviously, it was insanity on all fronts. The fact that they even got as far as they did, it took as long as it did. I know. It it just baffling, nonetheless. The fact that you know a creator's training And here's and I even made this point to you earlier this week: is that imagine if they took all this time, money, and energy and effort and put this into actually, actually building a game, making
1: games. I know, like, and that's the tragic part as well. It's like, okay, yeah, your games are shit. Why not use all this money you spent on this and use it instead to hire an artist and hire a programmer and, you know, make a team for yourselves. Be directors rather than, you know, just... But, nope. Nope. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't think it's the last we'll see of the Romaine brothers because they are, as I said, clinically insane. But at least for now, this is finished, done... They'll probably be back with something else later, but for now, it's a victory. As of
0: right now, I don't believe they're allowed to publish their games on Steam anymore. Yeah,
1: they actually got banned from Steam after they filed another. It wasn't so much a got lawsuit. They got banned ages
2: ago off Steam.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a lawsuit so much, but they filed for something that. They, 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 tried, wanted, uh... they
0: tried to sue 100 different Steam yeah, 100 users different for negative reviews. They tried to get all their hilarious. info And,
1: stuff. and yeah, yeah and, and, then, and then that's I think... finally when Valve was like, okay, you know what? YouTube just. Please go away,
0: <laughs> you two need adult supervision, yeah
1: they do in
0: the worst possible way,
1: oh, but don't worry. they are adults, they have kids.
0: that is one of the reasons why I fear for the future. I know God, insanity just like i I cannot wrap my head around how they even manage to dress themselves and make it out the door mm. But again, that is done and over with. I read his post online, and he's actually, he's not like doing the normal Jim Sterling type of, you know, uh, over the top things. He was actually kind of just, he he explained it's just been financially draining and exhausting process.
1: Oh yeah, he's probably so happy to be done with
0: it. He's probably going to take some time to get over with it. He's probably going to do one more video. He said he was probably going to revisit the subject one more time, and then he's going to move on. Mm -hmm. And I cannot wait for that Jimquisition.
1: Oh, yeah, that's what it was, Val. They tried to subpoena Val for the real IDs and real contact information of 100 Steam users.
0: <laughs> Which, good luck with that.
1: I know. And that's when Steam finally put its foot down and said, no, you guys are crazy. Get out. Yeah. Yep.
0: And I don't believe there's anything else to say about that. Kaz, do you want to have anything else to add to that? No. Not really? A whole lot of nothing. Uh, Yeah, so... I mean aren't you sad that you don't get to talk about the Romaine brothers anymore?
1: Mm. Like I said I'm pretty sure this isn't the last we've seen of them. They kind <laughs> of seem like the you know not. the kind of people who would, you know, back down for a short while and then, you know, pop back up down the line to try something else.
0: It's kind of like that one rash. It's yeah, you know, you always it always keeps coming back and you're not quite sure what to do with it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's a good comparison.
0: Yeah. Moving on? Moving on. Nintendo has announced a DLC pass for Zelda Breath of the Wild.
1: Yep, I heard about this, and the internet, you know, appropriately lose lost its shit over it. Yeah, it's because, a you know, $20. how Nintendo have DLC for its games?
0: Yeah, that was actually someone made a good point of that. It might have been Review Tech USA. I saw a video on him. He was talking about how does uh, it might not have been. I honestly can't remember who it was. Somebody was talking about how well you know what. The rest of the industry has been doing it for years now.
1: I know, but as soon as Nintendo tried, oh, dear God, it's the end of the world as we know it.
0: You know, Which is strange because most of the Nintendo fanboys will defend anything they do I know, outright. I know. So it was a little bit of a strange... It almost leads me to believe that a lot of people's patience with Nintendo was wearing very thin.
1: Mm. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, all right. Yeah. But uh, apparently the rest of the internet does not agree. And the rest of the internet, you know, as the internet does, lost its shit over this but uh yeah 20 bucks dlc pass for breath of the wild that's perfectly fine
0: uh new content will be rolled out at two different points during the upcoming year it will cost players uh 20 bucks 1999 uh the expansion pack bonus will be available on launch day and include three new treasure chests in the great plateau chests will include useful item quote useful items and exclusive in-game clothing Oh, it's a shirt with a Nintendo Switch logo that Link can wear. (laughs) Which is
2: totally unfitting
1: to that game to begin with. So yeah, it's uh, a three-inch touch chest, a new Cave of Trials challenge, new hard mode, additional map features, uh, DLC pack 2, a new original story, a new dungeon, and additional challenges.
2: And
0: the first DLC pack is summer 2017, and then holiday 2017 is pack 2. Yep.
2: The thing that's pissing <sighs> most people off is the fact that hard mode, hard is mode DLC. Mode, yeah, that yeah. should not be DLC. Hard mode should be unlocked after completing normal mode, like it is on nearly every other game. Mm. I-
0: I'll say this to the same thing I say about every other microtransaction or DLC that's in game that, or you know that publishers and developers offer that is sketchy in any sh- way, shape, or form. If nobody buys it, then they will no longer do it. Yep. They All these publishers and developers keep doing it, and obviously Nintendo's now getting on the bandwagon of doing it because people keep buying a, buying it. You yep. know, if you all you do is bitch on the internet and then buy it anyway, they're not going to care. Exactly. They'll stop spending your money on it, and then if it's not financially viable for them, they'll do something else.
2: There's also the fact that on some article I read, they said that the DLC isn't available by itself. I don't know if it's on that one or not.
0: Uh, I think so. I heard of something like that too. Yeah, you can't buy each DLC pack pass. individually. Yeah, the only way to get it is the exp- these full pass.
2: Hmm. Which is probably something that's pissing people off as well.
0: Yeah, we'll see how long know, they stick with that guns, but.
2: People don't always like to buy season passes, they like to buy certain DLCs and not others. Yeah. Fallout 4 is the prime example, though.
1: Sorry, I'm just laughing at Soldera. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty
1: good. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might have been. But...
0: Hmm. Moving on. Is there anything else we need to really say about that? Not really. All right. No. Then next up, a uh, okay. So, is this the guy that? Yes. Okay. So, a Twitch streamer has died after 22 hours straight gaming session. Right. Interesting enough. Oh, so it was a uh, so it was like uh during a marathon session for it was a is a 24 hour uh charity stream. Uh, out of a 24-hour 25-hour uh, gaming marathon, he uh died from what currently are considered unknown causes.
2: If you ask uh, me, it's probably a blood clot.
0: Yeah, most mm-hmm. likely. The 35-year-old World of Tanks streamer uh Brian Ooh, wow, that's a that's a mouthful. Uh
1: Fignield. Fignield? I don't know. Yeah. That is quite the name.
0: Yeah, it very much was. Uh, it was taking part in a twenty-four, twenty-five hour live stream of various games as a culminary uh, accumulation of many twenty-hour plus streams he'd completed over the preceding week. Oh, oh wow. that might have something. That to do with might it. have had something to do with it.
2: <laughs> yep, I'd say he's probably got a blood clot doing uh, all those. And then
0: all money generated during the event was going to go towards the Make a Wish Foundation charity, and he had pledged several hundred dollars to his of his own money to bump up the donations at around the 22 hours into the stream uh, Vignalt went outside for a smoke but never returned while well, he appeared to sign in to discord discord yeah, on the okay. next day
1: it was discovered that the person doing so was a police officer investigating, investigating his, his death
0: thing. yeah does oh, not boy. say what game he was playing but yeah if you do a week long marathon of 20 hour streams every single day that might have something to that do with might it might
1: have something to do with it yeah
0: it's not just the fact that again, what did I just say? Headlines matter. Exactly. You read, Oh, just, just Twitch streamer died after a twenty two hour gaming marathon. And everyone will probably roll their eyes and go, Wow, it's that's that's silly. Why would anyone in this day and age pay games for twenty-two hours straight? And then you realize how often is like the twenty-four hour charity streams happen? There are some exactly. that do more or less, but it's like those happen. When you do it seven days in a row, five, seven, six, something like that days in a row, twenty hours—that's
1: hours. when it starts getting insane. And that's dangerous. that adds a
0: little bit more context to the story itself. Exactly. Still sad, nonetheless. It is, especially Barry. the fact he was doing it uh, for the Make a Wish Foundation. I that's know. awesome.
1: And it was only thirty-five. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, that's really sad. That
0: very much so. Not really. Again, not really much else we can say about that. Mm. Moving on.
1: Moving on. You
0: ready to? For your are your eyes ready to roll?
1: Oh God, this again. Yep. Really, we're still doing this.
0: It's even worse than you know.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Really.
0: New York State's highest court has agreed to allow Lindsay Lohan to appeal her lawsuit against the makers of Grand Theft Auto, who, as we all know. Stole her likeness in the video game without her permission. Mm. The New York State Highest Court, of course, is in Albany, which is an hour away from us. Yep. Because fucking, of course, New York State. (laughs) It's always New York. It's either New York or California. Yep. Yep. How does that make you feel?
1: God, I thought we were past this already. (laughs) Nope. Jesus Christ.
0: And they are probably going to be filing an appeal here soon enough, so to be continued
1: it's
2: pathetic
0: <sighs> because you know, here's the thing that really shocks me more than anything else about the fact that this still has traction they grand... just put
2: it perfect like
0: <laughs> judges has brains not necessarily uh he, the way that i see this is the way it, it shocks me that this still has traction is very simple grand theft auto as a whole is a satire and a parody of modern day life. Yep. How many six-something foot blonde-haired blue-eyed women wear bikinis on the beach in California?
1: Exactly. I know. No, there is only one. What are you talking about?
0: The the whole satire parody thing of them using, it wasn't even like they really used it in the core story. It was just a photo that was one of the photos on the cover of the game. And they also used it in the artwork of the game or somewhere yeah, within yeah. the uh, within the game. There was artwork of, I think it was, was it even loading screens? It's been that long since I played Grand Theft Auto Five Yeah, I know. But it's like you saw her taking the selfie and it's like, mm-hmm. how often does that happen every single day in beaches in California? I know. Like, like really, the <laughs> fact that it's a satire and a parody uh, doesn't. Really?
1: Get Judge Judy involved, then it'll be <laughs> sorted out. I would pay to see that.
0: That would have been amazing. But yes, that is all the news we have. She would have torn
1: her to shreds.
0: <sighs> it, it desperately needs to happen. The problem is, is that it's. <laughs> I don't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, is there anything else for news that y'all need to be talking about? Not really. Not really. Can we head on off to the review then? Mm. alrighty then. Time now for some reviews. Yay. Alrighty righty, then. I've got something. Mm. Do you have anything? Uh, I thought I was going to, but
1: then we found out it wasn't actually a game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a shocking so,
0: uh... revelation. Uh, and then Kaz obviously has a couple of reviews.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> Shut up.
0: <laughs> Just checking to we'll be sure. But,
2: yeah. Shut up.
1: Real quick, we uh we had an encounter with the strangest PS4 game I think either of us have ever seen. It's
0: quite bizarre, really. You it know, is quite so bizarre. I was, was just going to uh, say, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, it was the uh Psycho-Pass Mandatory Happiness is the name of the game. And I used the term game very, very loosely.
0: <laughs> very, lo- It's a game, you call it a game because it was a PS4 disc you put in the PS4.
1: Exactly, that's about as far as game goes. It's basically a book on the p s four with voice acting. It's an audio book on the p s four that you also read, and your only real interaction is to uh you know click the button and forward the
0: dialogue yes it's 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 basically a long uh what would you call it persona style Cutscene type, you know, or not Basically. even cutscene is is giving, yeah, cut scene is giving it too much credit. Yeah, cutscene is giving it
1: too much credit. cutscenes there's at least something to look at. You had like a still background with cutouts of the characters that were talking, with, whose
0: facial expressions may occasionally change, may
1: occasionally change, or blank, or Sometimes. you know,
0: you know, the 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 persona uh, dialogue interaction section type. You, people have been familiar with it.
1: Yeah, but uh, so that was bizarre.
0: Yeah, and that's the entirety of it. You even looked it up. That's pretty much all it is.
1: Yeah. Visual novel, yeah, I guess you could classify that. That's the thing as well, it's like, in most visual novels that I've seen, there's at least like some level of interaction, like making choices and stuff. I don't know if that comes later in this, but the, the part that I played up through, which was a good hour into the game, the only choice I made was what character I wanted to play as. Everything else was straight dialogue and narration, and there were no choices to be seen. So, why was it on the PS4 exactly? Yeah, this- That's the thing that baffled me more than anything. I'm like... You know, visual novels are great, don't get me wrong, but why go through the effort of putting it on the PS4? It makes no sense.
0: Because reasons.
1: Because reasons. So, yeah, I got about an hour into that, and then I was just like, this is bizarre. And then I showed you about another 10 minutes worth of it, and there was still just lots of talking. Mm. And, like, because, you know, when I think visual novel, I think of, like, you know, choice based things, you know, stuff like that. Something you can actually, like, interact with. But, mm, not so much here.
0: Yeah. So, what's your rating?
1: Yeah, I don't think I can really rate it. Like, it's not. I wouldn't classify it as a game, and therefore, I don't think I can fairly rate it.
0: Can you st- give it a, a a stack of question marks? Is that your rating? Yeah,
1: that's about it.
0: <laughs> that's about your rating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was bizarre.
1: It was very strange.
0: So there's that. Yep. I was actually expecting a whole lot more from that. When I heard oh there's a psychopath game, I was like, "Wow,
1: this going to be cool." I know, I know. It's like I was so hyped for that cuz I'm like, yeah, psychopath game, that'll be awesome. I
0: don't know if it was an RPG, if it was an action game or what. We had no idea what it was. We just knew
1: it was psychopath and it was on the PS4. That's all we knew going into it.
0: I might have seen a screenshot or two, but it was like Yeah. And yet it kind of I don't even know if you really say it belly flopped, but it it did what it was supposed to do.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: it yeah, didn't do it a lot. It
1: exists. There we go.
0: So, yeah, that's the thing. Moving on. Moving on. Not much else you can really say about that.
1: The chat is having fun. <laughs>
0: the chat is always having fun.
1: <laughs> I'm just I watching just their fake headlines, and it's just like, yeah. Oh, well, we are psychopath fans. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, that was the weird part. It was like, I was, I was sitting, you, know, you wanted to sit down and play a game.
1: Yeah. It's like if I wanted to read a psychopath book, you know, that's great, I'm more than willing to read a psychopath book, but I mean, why not just make it a book? Why put it on the PS4 and give it, you know, Japanese dubbing? It's like the the audio was in Japanese, the uh text was in English, and then the characters' faces changed every once in a while. Yeah. And that was the entirety of it. It's like, mm. That's what makes him, like, the character that I chose had a stick firmly shoved up her ass.
0: <laughs> that I've seen wow. that's usually an issue in a lot of animes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, uh, it definitely took place early in season one, but it was like a parallel universe to the show, where you had all the characters from the show, but then you had your character and then the other unique character in this game as well. And then it was more focused on, like, their story. But, you know, they were never in the anime, so. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Moving on. Moving on.
0: Moving on, what we're actually going to do now is actually something you're not expecting. I don't know if you knew if I mentioned this before the show or not, or if you heard me talking or not mm. before the show. Uh, we have a listener review. Yes, I did hear you talking yes. about that. So uh, Zaldara is back, and he is going to be doing a final review on The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Game of the Year edition, I think. I believe so. Something to the other that effect is what it's called. So take it off, Zeldera.
3: Greetings once again, Video Game Pulse listeners. This is Zeldera again, here to give you a final review at the game The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Since my last look at the game, the first look at submitted to the VGP crew a few months ago, I'd played a significant amount more of Witcher Three. Since that time, I've not only completed the main storyline, but the two expansions that came with my version of the game, the Game of the Year edition. Now, for those of you who didn't listen to the first look that I submitted a few months ago, basically, The Witcher 3 is a third-person action role-playing game, based on The Witcher series of novels by Andrzej Sapkowski. It's a sequel to the previous two games, The Witcher and The Witcher 2 Assassination of Kings and that most of my points from the first look still apply here. You play as Geralt of Rivia, a titular witcher or monster hunter for hire who's on a quest to find his lover, the sorceress Yennefer. Along the way, this ends up becoming a quest to find his adopted daughter, Ciri, who is on the run from the Wild Hunt, the main antagonists of the game who wish to use Ciri's powers for their own malicious ends. Now, in this final review, I will be concentrating mostly on the two expansion packs, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine. The main plot of Hearts of Stone revolves around a mysterious contract Geralt takes on to kill a dangerous monster lurking in the sewers of the city of Oxenfort. In the course of trying to carry out this contract, Geralt comes across a hedonistic nobleman and soldier by the name of Allgeird Von Ever, who wants the monster dead for reasons that are not made queer at first. After killing the monster, Geralt ends up being taken prisoner and is forced to ask for help to get out of his predicament from the mysterious Gaunter Dim, a minor character he encountered at the very start of the main game. From there, things take a strange turn as Geralt ends up having to deal with the crossfire of an ongoing debt between Ogeard and Gaunter, being a pawn in the classical story of Faustian bargains and deals with the devil. The Hearts of Stone expansion itself adds alongside the new storyline, extra side quests and a new weapons and armor enchantment mechanic that allows you to take advantage of even more powerful upgrades by combining upgrade stones from the main game. The new storyline and side quests cover several hours and can take a while to complete. It also adds a few new locations to the existing game map. Compared to the main game, the overall tone is darkly humorous with some really amusing moments, especially one moment that covers ghostly possession and the wedding reception. I feel that the overall tone of the expansion is a good fit to the overall main game. However, it does feel a little short, relatively speaking, when compared to the scope of the main game and the second expansion which I'm going to cover. The second expansion for The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine, is a lot more substantial. Geralt receives a request for help from two knights from a vassal state within the Nilfgaard Empire to the south, the Duchy of Toussaint. There, the populace is being terrified by a bunch of murders that are happening to various well-known members of society in the Duchy. The ruler of the vassal state, the Duchess Anna Henrietta, requests Geralt's help in the matter. In a bit of a change to the general environments in the main game, and to a lesser extent the Hearts of Stone expansion, the new area opened up in the in-game map by Blood & Wine is very colourful and bright. The weather seems to be perpetually sunny in Tucson, and compared to general reactions you get from passers-by in other areas of the game, in Tucson the general populace seems to be a lot more friendly and treat you with a bit more respect. The main storyline in Blood and Wine covers themes of betrayal, political intrigue and feuding in the dynastic line of rulers. Henrietta herself is an interesting character who subverts the trope of the leader who sits and does nothing and ends up getting directly involved in places in the course of your investigation of the murders. The trail of this investigation leads Geralt to deal with vampires and at one point an amusing twisted take on various fairy tales. There's a new gear upgrade mechanic that's opened up by the expansion allowing you to further level up certain crafted gear sets and there's also a new cosmetic mechanic where you can change the colour of that certain gear through dyes. One of the more interesting bits of the expansion is that, as both part of the main storyline and the side quest, there's a tournament arena where you can visit and take part in the events there. You can also unlock a residence in Toussaint, which allows you to apply certain buffs that can be used throughout the course of your travels. Overall, Blood and Wine is a decent sized expansion while a well paced mood in the storyline. It contains a good bit of humour to contrast with the more serious dramatic moments. However, the very end after completion of the story can feel a little bit contrived depending on Geralt's romance options and progress in the mainline story in the main game. Having said that, it is an overall good conclusion to the story. My final ratings for the game? Overall, it's a buy it now. The Hearts of Stone expansion receives a separate rating of crackers, while the Blood and Wine expansion receives a separate rating of buy it now as well. The pricing of the Game of the Year edition, which in my opinion is the only sensible way to buy this game, is $53.79 from GOG.com. That translates to £34.99. If for whatever reason you feel the need to buy the main game on its own, it's currently at $32.29 or £24.99. For those who only have the main game, the expansion pass that allows access to both Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine is available for $26.87, or £19.99. While the Hearts of Stone expansion is priced on its own at $10.69, or £7.99, the Blood and Wine expansion is available for a standalone price of $21.49, or £15.99. Bear in mind, the prices can fluctuate, as The Witcher Free in its various guises, tends to go on sale quite frequently. Steam prices may vary. Thank you once again, Video Game Pulse listeners. This is Zaldera, signing off.
0: Alright, we're back. Yes. Thanks to Zaldera Thank for a, another listener review. Uh, so it's a, uh, a Buy It Now, a Crackers, and a Buy It Now. Very good. But at the same time... And it just also makes more an sense.
2: Angry Scotsman. man.
0: And an angry saucepan with an amazing accent. <laughs> I lo- It's amazing. But uh, okay. yeah, I think I agree with this point, though. At this point in time, you know, even if you want to buy the DLC separates, it's probably just better to get the Game of the Year edition mm. and bundle it all in together. Yeah. Even though, you know, the first DLC got a Crackers. still all the same if it's in one pack.
1: So we've got a healthy uh, diversity of uh, ratings today.
0: <laughs> yeah, very much so. we got a stack of question marks. We've got some uh, Buy It Now, some Crackers, and then we're going to have what I'm about to do. Yes. Again, every time I start to review something, it's kind of one of those question marks of how many people are really going to be interested in hearing what I'm about to talk about. Usually, the games I tend to play are very specific, you know, genres that don't exactly get a lot of traffic. Like, yes, I'll play a shooter here and there. I'll play the action game. Obviously, Horizon Zero Dawn next week is going to be a a pretty interesting one, even though first look is probably for that's probably going to be two weeks out from now. Uh, But this one is very specific. A very finite uh you know uh, sub genre that not a lot of people play so furthermore further to that in fairness I haven't played the game nearly enough to say that oh it, this is the rating that I would like to give it so it's not even getting a rating from me so we got a stack of question marks the two buy it's crackers and then a no rating <laughs> review so, so this
1: is more of a first look than a review. I don't even
0: know if I would really, per, per se, call it a first look, but mm. my thoughts, is, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, but the game that I've been playing is Dirt Rally. It is published and developed by Codemasters, and it came out on the PS4 and Xbox One on April 5th, 2016. Uh, earlier, it was December 7th, 2015, on Windows. Before that, it even had a uh, an early access run. Uh, but it is a sim racing game. A simulation racing game, uh, and not a lot of people really play. They're not of that big of a uh, a genre that pulls a lot of attention and eyeballs. Uh, I love sim racers. I I really like them, and I see an unfortunate trend in the industry right now is that the three biggest. Uh, franchises for sim racing there's forza motorsport which turn 10 studios and all their fans have their head up their own ass so they they can't even acknowledge any issues with the series unto it themselves It's like especially the fact that forza motorsports is starting to see a lot of arcadey elements enter into the sim racer that it is so that's a problem the other ones there's uh there's um what is it called it's uh gran Turismo mm-hmm. and uh polyphony digital well they are good, but they take forever to make a game so it's like every time one of those comes out, it almost feels dated because it took so long for them to just finally get it out. No Amazing. idea when specific
2: code masters to come out
0: yeah, you know codemasters from my experience is really good oh micro machines
2: they're remaking this
0: nice <clears throat> But yeah, the uh, and then the final one is Project Cars right now, which of course we all know the <laughs> uh tale of Let's Ian Bell. Let's not go
2: into that one, eh?
0: Ian yeah. Bell and Slightly Mad Studios, which is very appropriately named. But we're not going to get into that because that would take far too long. The reason why I ultimately like this game, I'm leaning on a positive thumbs up for this game, is the fact that it claims it's a sim racer that deals with rally racing and i can confer- confirm 100% that it is a simulation racing game that you go rally racing so guess what advertised and delivered amazing right mm. more that can be said about forza at this point in time they claim it's a f- sim racer to this date but it's not it's c- becoming more arcade by the day which is a problem as far as i'm concerned but uh so you know pretty straightforward if you understand rally you pretty much know what you're going to get with this game it shouldn't really have to explain to you, other than the fact that this game, you can make it as hard or as easy as you want it to be. And the fact that when you go into the options menus, there's a million different things you can adjust and tweak and change and what have you. And there's some of the some of them are like some of the difficulty things. You can turn your <coughs> traction control on or off. You can control stability control on or off or something like that. Something as simple as that. You can change how, uh, you know, What kind of if you're if you're limited to in car or if you can't have outside the car cameras or what have you and and what have you, so it's like you can adjust the game to suit whatever you you want it to be. This game, however, Codemasters when it first starts up, it gives you a pop up that says Codemasters has tirelessly gone to the ninth degree to make this the most realistic rally game ever created, and they've actually gone to professional rally drivers and had them run this game on the best most advanced simulators they could bring with them and the best professionals who really do this have stated that this is the closest thing to actually racing rally in the real locations and after playing it myself for the short amount of time that I've had it I can confirm that holy shit this game can get very granular <laughs> so I can honestly believe that claim while I've never done it myself after playing it I can say that yeah that that is a thing itself a lot of the people that are going to try this game out are going to try it on a controller which it, there are people out there that can be very good with a controller myself however i see a problem in the fact that i have a wheel i have the uh, the thrustmaster t300 rs for the playstation 4 and i can say right now that the biggest issue that i see with a controller is that the fact that the your left thumbstick is the sweep on the thumbstick is what you get a half an inch to the for when you swing it from center to left and then another half inch from center to right. So that's your full lock-to-lock steering. So when you steer, unless you're really good and precise with that, it's like you, you, your steering feels a bit twitchy, and that's kind of why you don't have a lot of range of movement. Whereas with a wheel, you can you have a more of a direct range of movement that you can actually control with. Now, that's not always a good thing, because as Dark Guy can attest to when she first saw me hook up to it, it's not something that you can just plug your wheel into and be great at it.
1: Oh, no, you need to, uh, like, properly calibrate this thing
0: the, the calibrate and set up the wheel it took me probably about two hours of jiggering Just with it that.
1: yeah i was and, there for that
0: and it's the same issues that i had with project cars that i'm going to have with dirt Rally. is the fact that when you want to change a setting on a on the wheel You have to exit the stage you're doing, exit this, exit that, go back to the options menu. It's like two or three different loading screens, and then you got to go into the loading screens. Figure out which slider or adjustment bar you need to change. Change it. Okay, save your settings. Go back into a a quick race. Try it out again. Did it work? Is it better? Is it worse? It's like – so it's like kind of a little bit of a – you know, it's a little bit of trial and error a wheel is not a casuals type of thing to put into. Cause you, it's not exactly something you're going to plug into and it's just going to work.
2: You know what makes sense with these games? If they had the, an actual option to tweak stuff while on an options track.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. This game has it slightly better than project cars. in the fact that when you're in the options menu, there's a sec- there's a section where you can do all these crazy amount of adjustment within the wheel setting Within the advanced wheel settings, but then below you can actually physically see every single button and turn You can actually physically start turning the wheel and pitting every single button to see if every button is registering and And what kind of when you're the the wheels the degrees of rotation when it first starts off you have full two and a half turns of rotation to go full lock to the left or to the right and when you're honestly playing the game like that, you're just as dark. I could see that when I first put it in, I'm sawing at the wheel <laughs> trying to go left and yeah. right. And- when it's trying to force feedback me at the same time, it makes it a little bit interesting. So I had to turn the, 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 you know, the feedback down on there or not so much so the feedback, I actually, I actually made that a little bit stronger in some aspects. What I changed was the degrees of rotation so that I didn't have to go, you know, spin, spin, spin left and spin, spin, spin right. So I'm I'm constantly sawing at the wheel. I changed that around so that I can actually, you know, have a little, you know, there's still a good amount of rotation to it, far more uh, precision than with just the thumbstick. But it's a it's a game that I seriously see that it's not a casual I'm gonna rent this and play it on a weekend and then send it back type of game. If I had played it every day for the last three months that I've had it for two to three hours a day, I still wouldn't even be halfway through the campaign.
2: Jesus. That there's makes like a change lot. these days.
0: And the shocking thing about it is that there's not even that many tracks to go on. There's uh there's rally stages from uh Monte Carlo, uh i think that's wales argois which is uh that's greece and then there's what is there there's uh germany uh finland and sweden those are your rally locations then there's pike's peak that's their hill climb locations uh there's a couple of different uh rally cross tracks from uh, uh england norway and sweden and then there's uh uh like i said pike's peak is the hill climb and i think that's pretty much all the things that there is uh There's actually a lot of different cars in this. They're grouped into different groups, 60s, 70s, 80s. Group B, Group A, Group R, 2000s, 2010s, Modern Rally and cross. And also then there's the hill climb cars. Does
2: the 90s have the Peugeot 306 GTI?
0: Uh, I don't think there's a 90s group. There's Group B, Group A, Group R, 2000s, 2010s, then 80s. The 80s has the uh, the BMW uh, M30 Evo Rally, which I tried that car out. That car's actually handles pretty good.
2: If there's a Peugeot 306 GTI in there, try that out. We actually owned one of those.
0: Yeah. The thing the thing of it is, is that the career mode itself has way more RPG elements that I have time to actually explain over. It's like how how much detail do you want me to talk about this game? It's like you your crew chief. Depending on how good your crew chief is, depends on how good of uh, mechanics that you can hire or engineers, as they call them. Like. In between rally stages, you only have a half an hour to fix your car, and if your engineer is not that good, then you can only fix yay so much. You know, you can't turn. I, I I'm not sure if you can turn damage on or off in this game. I never saw that as an option. You know, what I did for for what I had is I had the forced in car cam view, so I'm from the driver's perspective with a wheel, and I did traction control and stability control off. Um, a couple other things. Uh, the, the one of the biggest issues I had with the menu thing was that you can either turn the HUD on or off, which kind of sounds self-explanatory and I would have it off if it wasn't for the fact that I like to have those, uh, Rayleigh, uh, those, uh, symbols also appear when the navigator is telling you, oh, left four, over crest, caution outside. You know, it's like the, the symbols will also appear above your thing. And if you turn off the, men- the HUD, that too, goes away as well. I would like to keep that but turn everything else off the timer. And then when it pops up in front of your vision that where it's like, it's a like colored red and you're, you're, you're behind by so many seconds it pops up right in the center of your field of view, which I kind of find a little bit distracting. I'd like to be able to options to turn off. You keep, turn that off, but keep the, uh, you know, the things there. So it's like, I had, I had it pretty difficult for myself so that, you know, but it was fun that way. I liked going from the in-car camera. It looks pretty realistic. It, the ps4 version i played is 1080p 60 frames a second uh it looks amazing it looks pretty good damn good and there's also options in in, in the menu in the options menus to have uh psvr
1: ah, that would be cool nice.
0: so it's quite involved it's extremely granular uh the career mode you know as you go along you can un- as you drive more miles your crew gets better with the car you have and then you can, they can fix it better. They can also, you know, uh, tune it better. Uh, same thing as you drive more, it does. It's all by mileage. If you drive more then you get to unlock slots to have more engineers on your team as your team becomes better. And also you get better funding and more, uh, you know, uh, sponsorship and what have you. It's very granular. You're not going to be able to throw this thing in the weekend, play it for a couple hours and then, Oh yeah, I got a good feel. I had fun with that and send it back. This is a type of game that an enthusiast who has a full race, you know, steering wheel and cockpit rig is going to sit down and dedicate hours, a couple hours to every single day and get good with it over time because a lot of these stages are very difficult. When you're going screaming through the woods and it's left, right, up, down, over this, uh, behind that, there's a rock on the outside. Oh no, it's like, it can be very interesting. <laughs> it can get very difficult. And the fact that I am good at racing games the fact that this game kicked my ass should tell you
1: (laughs) it really did
0: that it's it's very granular and everything it can be i enjoyed it
1: i know it was funny last night before every race started we were like right uh let's take bets who's what's he gonna hit first the rock the tree the flagpole or the uh sign
0: yeah
2: Oh, and I'd the, have know, witnessed that, but it didn't get up till after i had gotten so bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the big thing though that I'm more excited about than anything else is the first car that I decided to go forth with was in the 1960s category. This is the best reason why I was actually happy that Kaz is here right now, is I used the Renault, the Renault, Al- the Renault A Alpine A110. <laughs>
2: It's a Renault, oh, not a
0: Renault. It's a Renault. It's English. I speech it good. There's a T at the end. I eat Renault. Renault. I'll
1: find
0: you one I know, but it's hilarious when you freak out about it.
1: Just so you know, this was the actual reason he wanted you on tonight. He's been looking forward to this all day. Because I knew
0: you'd stop and immediately try to correct me. It's hysterical. The Renault A1, Alpine A110 is the 60s rally car that. <laughs> he has
1: legitimately been looking forward to this moment all day.
0: Yes, winning. But yeah, that was the car I, I started miss with.
1: Me
2: if
0: I wasn't on, um. mm, it wouldn't be the same because you know it, I, I'm American. I speak English. speech <laughs> are good. There's a T on the end. Renault. <laughs> Alpine A110, so yeah, that's actually a legendary uh, rally car from the 60s. It's actually legitimately pretty good, and I enjoyed that car. Actually, it was really good. as a rear-engine, rear-wheel drive car, and it did pretty damn well, and even in a car from the 60s, you're screaming through the woods so fast that this stuff is coming up at you really quick. I think the hardest thing for me to judge is braking distances, unlike track driving like Project Cars, where the some of these racetracks have actual uh, corner markers where you can ch- easily judge... Uh, when to start braking once you get familiar with your vehicle and when to dive into a corner and what have you when to start braking, downshifting and all this good stuff which, oh yeah, I had some manual sequential on because my wheel has the paddle shifters uh, you know, you can uh, it, it makes it somewhat easier when you're out in the middle of the woods on a dirt trail, you know, screaming through the woods making jumps and all this nonsense it's like, it's a little bit harder to judge your especially on tra- on on routes that I'm not familiar with which is the other thing? It takes time to learn every single track and to get better with each and every run. They're point-to-point races in rally, so it, it's pretty. Uh, it can be quite finite. But yeah, the uh, the the Renault, uh Alpine A110 was the first one. Then after going through a championship, I actually finished second in that in my very first championship in the 60s category. Then I went to uh, I started with 1970s, but then I did something smart though. As I went to the out to the main menu and just did a bunch of quick races and choose the random track in Germany and which I couldn't even pronounce my life depended on it. But uh, I went through one specific track and I kept doing the same track over and over again. And I tested every single car from the 70s because in the campaign, once you buy a car, you just spent and I just said I just got enough money that I could go racing in the 70s category. I don't want to spend it on. If I had just done that, I would have probably myself went, oh, yeah, the Lancia Stratos. Of course, that's a legendary car rally car from the 70s. That car is an animal. Like, I, the way I drive, obviously, t- the car doesn't like it. It kept spinning out in testing. But in testing, a car that I would have never have chosen myself, actually, for my driving, worked brilliantly, which was the Fiat, it was the 131 Abarth. I'm not sure how you pronounce that last one, but, yeah, the Fiat from the, another really good rally car from the 70s, and, it, and I've been running with that right now, and it that one works pretty damn good.
2: are yeah, uh, such crappy cars.
0: Man, they uh, back in the day though that car was probably a little bit better for rally, especially when you specifically look at the fact that it's when you when a race team takes a car and turns it into a rally vehicle, uh, they're not exactly following the manufacturer's recommended you know specifications. The the setup that goes into making a car into a rally car is quite intricate, so I think any issues would probably be taken care of at the same point in time.
2: Yeah, I mean modern day ones so all. And the crappy
0: ones from the late eighties, nineties. But yeah, the the that would work pretty good. I'm like, again, I enjoy the game. I'm having fun with it. Given enough time, I could get very good with this game. But I don't honestly foresee anyone who's casually into racing games be able to sit down on the couch with a controller and just, you know, play it for a few hours every week and and be like, oh yeah, no, this game will kick your ass. It does not hold your hand. And that is where I have to give it a thumbs up. I really do like it because it is an actual sim game. It doesn't have arcadey elements that hold it back. And that's where I, I really have to give Codemasters a full thumbs up round of applause that they really did well with this. The fact that, and we need more developers that do sim racing games to do that, to actually dedicate themselves to be as finite and as granular as this game is. I'm really looking forward to the next game. I've always liked Codemasters; they've always been really good. They're not quite AAA A yet. I'm interested to see what they do next, though. I'm really liking it. I'm having fun. The only, the biggest downside I have is the wheel. With me, is the wheel is obviously spinning right when I take a turn. But the problem is, is that the handbrake is R R one on the. I I reassigned the buttons. I chose R one because it's the easiest one that my finger can get to while the wheel is spinning which is just in the upper corner right by where my thumb n- normally sits, uh, right above where the uh, the uh, XO triangle square thing is mm-hmm. on this wheel. But the problem is, is that the wheel itself is spinning as you go into a corner. So how do you do your handbrake and turn at the same time? Talent. Yeah. It's, so even with just a wheel, it doesn't automatically make you good. You have to get used to it. I think a full race rig with an actual handbrake lever would solve a lot of the issues that I was having so again, it's it's nothing that you can jump right into and be good at. You have to figure it out. It is that finite, and I I like it. Again, haven't played it nearly enough to give it a fair rating, other than the fact that I from what no technical issues, uh, amazing amount of depth. Even though the tracks and choice of cars might not appear to be that of like a Forza or a, uh, a Project Cars. Uh, you know, it's like I, I think we had this argument. People freaked out when Project Cars first came out. It was like less than a hundred cars, and I I seriously sat there like, well, Gran Turismo, what was it, six or something like that, had a thousand cars, and I'm like, D- how many people have actually raced every single one? Mm. You know, nobody has. So,
1: yeah, that's a fair point. It's
0: well enough that it's really good. Uh, I raced the, uh, I just for funny, uh, just for being funny. I, I, jumped in one of the, uh, in the quick race menu from the options menu up at the top of the game. I, tr- uh, created a quick race where I jumped in the, uh, Volkswagen Polo golf, uh, GTI. I think, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, Rally car from the modern rally cars, like six hundred fifty thousand dollar rally car, and that thing is fast. But interestingly enough, it handles so damn good that it actually isn't as much as a problem as the '60s and '70s cars that are, you know, they're fast but they don't handle nearly as well. So they're a tad bit more sketch involved. Whereas the modern cars handle so ridiculously well that even though they're going significantly faster. It almost kind of doesn't really matter. It balances itself out. But the only problem is that I don't have the funds to afford such a car because <laughs> at the end of every single event that you complete, you're then also charged for the amount of damage that you cause to your own car. The more expensive your car is, the faster that bill tallies up. So when you buy into the next thing up, you've got to be damn well sure that you can afford it because going racing is not cheap. And then again, I, I think it's a great game. Not much else I can really say about that. Any other observations you had from the little bit you saw last night?
1: Uh not really. It was just fun watching you bump into trees and signposts. Crashing <laughs> everywhere. Like
0: I would be <laughs> crashing and falling off the stage left right. Like Finland is exceptionally difficult. I thought for sure it, it was gonna be my that was gonna be my area. Because Germany has a lot of rocks on the inside and outside of every single freaking corner, so you can't really cut anything. You gotta be quite precise with that. But then Finland, I'm like, this is great. No on the side of every single road there's this giant ditch that rolls down if you get too far off one side or the other it'll grab your tires and suck you down in and it's just but yeah it's like you know what am I going to hit first the rock the tree, or am I going to do some interesting pirouette thing because I've done that before there's actually a uh, trophy in there somewhere that you can if you it, uh, I even said it when I was setting up the wheel I said I I flipped the car completely over it landed on the wheels and I kept going I was like nailed it and then bloink and then there's a trophy And said the same thing I was like oh that's hysterical <laughs>
1: That was pretty good.
0: That was a thing that happened. Again, I enjoy the game. It's a good game, but it's not something that can be casually played. I think it's the ultimate point I need to get across. Right. Nothing else for you? Not really. Alrighty then, Kaz.
2: I think you need to do a YouTube series on it.
0: (laughs) I don't know when it's going to go back. It's probably going to be soon. I don't know how many more times I'm going to play it. I am enjoying it, though. It is not for the faint of heart. It does not hold your hand. And for a sim racing game, I enjoy that. Far more sim racers need to be that way. Mm. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Okay, first thing first, I have a final thought. Yes. I'm really hoping that Funimation can extract its thumb out of its ass...
1: Oh, my God. It's sooner, not even funny anymore. Sooner rather than later. Jesus Christ. They boxed that site so hard.
0: So we haven't actually been able to watch any Funimation shows at all since the whole Funimation Now thing rolled out, and it has been a disaster ever oh, since.
1: Oh, it's so bad.
0: I don't know when they're going to update it, but it's unwatchable at this point in time, which is sad because there are so many good series we would- We've been told Isetta gets weak in the second half. We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. Yep. Again, uh, the the opinions on Twitter versus what we actually see, we might not think it's as bad as people give it off to me. It might be. We don't know. I'm interested enough in it and the concept of it to want to watch it. We haven't been able to. Hmm. Uh, Same thing with, oh, the one that's airing right now that I think we're definitely going to watch as soon as it comes out, Saga of Tanya the Evil. That looks like it's going to turn out to be really interesting.
1: That has my attention in a big way.
0: Yeah, I don't know, you know, for anime, we really haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot because of that snafu, especially mm-hmm. with the whole Funimation-Crunchyroll partnership. A lot of shows that even Crunchyroll gets are also being dubbed by Funimation at the same time, so it's kind of like that Funimation's taking a big share of the pie there. So other than the fact that, as we said, School Live is getting a dub from, from, from Sentai. That'll
1: be good. That'll be I can't good. wait for
0: that. Uh, there's a bunch of other shows that I'm interested in looking at, but from the screenshots I've seen from... Twitter I have mixed feelings about <laughs> that being uh, Miss Kobayashi's especially I have mixed feelings about I we will see I'm going to watch it at some point we'll see on that the other one that I'm getting mixed signals from is uh, interviews with monster girls looks interesting Brr, I don't know what direction it's going in yet hmm. so but you know there's always sh- shows to be watching and we have backlog for days yep I don't know is there anything else you need to say final thoughts
1: uh, not particularly. Just, yeah, the Funimation thing is a joke. They need to sort that out. Because, oh my god, like, it is legitimately unwatchable right now.
0: And Val's in the chat right now talking about hentai. Yep. As That's you normally final do. thought. Ooh.
2: Be careful where your nails are going when you're scratching your arm and there's a huge scab on it.
0: <laughs> I've done that.
2: I've done that as well. Yes, I believe
0: everything else. Val has uh, Knights of Sidonia.
2: Yeah. Holy shit, how much can one little thing bleed?
0: Oh, a lot, lot, yeah.
2: Nice. That's a big bubble of the stuff, for God's sake.
0: Good times. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there's much else. I don't know how much more times I'm going to be playing Dirt Rally. Alright. I am enjoying it, though. It is a good game.
1: Yeah, between uh, now and Zelda, I was thinking of having another run-through of Resident Evil, because, my God, I love that game so much. It is pretty good. (laughs) It is. I was thinking the- of trying it on the higher difficulties. Although, it, it is interesting with that. From what I've heard, uh, the puzzles in each difficulty do not change. Apparently, the legitimately, the only difference between each difficulty is the length of the enemy's health bar is the only thing that changes from difficulty to difficulty. Everything else pretty much just stays the same, which is interesting. And then uh, I've seen some footage of the DLCs that are out for it, and oh, they're so good. I want them. Someday, (laughs) eventually, we'll see, when I have monies. When you get a job. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: how's that going?
1: Uh, it is going about as well as it ever is. You know, I keep putting in for stuff, and then nothing happens. Have you actually put in for anything? Oh, yeah, I've been putting in for stuff. You know, I have a list that I keep track of over there, and every time it's like, okay, here's a new one, here's, you know, this, and the other thing, and then it's just, nope. You mean it's you either not badger no re- them enough to reply. It's either no response or the generic, uh, "Oh, well, we're not," t- you know, "thank you for your interest, but you know, we'll we'll have to decline your application at this time." You know, we will keep your you know details we're, on. We're, we're record not hiring for in future. that department. And it's like, oh yeah, we will keep your details on record for uh, future. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever you say. But uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens. It's funny too because like I get email alerts whenever new uh, jobs are posted in our area, or at least I'm supposed to. Like I'll get emails every day, and it's like, oh, thirty plus new postings in your town, and then I'll look, and like twenty five of those postings will not be in this town; they will be in the surrounding areas. Well, yeah, that
2: sometimes kind of the can be thing. quite you far to, away. You have to set your settings so they are within a certain
1: mile radius. It is. It is supposed to be set for this town only. But there is nothing in this town, so they fluff it up with stuff from other towns.
0: Again, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere. We are. The most populated that the middle of nowhere can be.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, your job search is ever going.
1: Ever going. I
2: have a hole in my arm.
0: Kaz, Kaz has, a, has hole, a hole in her arm. <laughs> which is pretty interesting. Yep. The, uh, myself, I, uh, I'm in a constant battle and struggle to stay away from Parkway music because <laughs> it seems that every time I go there, I end up spending a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Funny how that happens. I know.
0: Right. Uh, so fortunately though, my last visit, I didn't actually charge anything on my uh, debit card.
1: <laughs> Warding is everything.
0: Warding is key. Uh, I may or may not be holding with cash a Strymon timeline, but we'll not go there. <laughs> We'll just have to see how that shakes itself out. Uh, I don't know much else we can really say about that. We can keep on meandering.
1: Hey, how's Cas? Cass keeps wanting us to uh, look at the hole in her arm. Mm. Well, there's no blood on it now. I cleaned it up.
0: Oh, you know what? I do have an actual side note or final thought side note that is actually pretty good. Uh, I had you put it on your watch later list, mm-hmm. uh, but let th- not last night. This morning, before I went to bed, I watched uh, Joe Rogan's interview. With uh, I'm gonna butcher the guy's name because I don't know how to pronounce his middle name, but it's Neil deGrasse Tyson.
2: Neil deGrasse Tyson.
0: Yeah, the, I know that the ast- astrophysicist and mm-hmm. cosmologist and author and what have you, smart individual,
2: incredibly intelligent guy.
0: But he's also he, the way he explains things is actually really uh, interesting. It's just it's a two hour and fourteen minute show. It's Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, Powerful JRE. Show number 919, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, it's two hours and 14 minutes, and they go through some really uh, complicated subject matter that I couldn't explain to you if my life depended on it. However, one of the subjects they touch on that I found was fascinating is how many times have you heard, oh, there's the scientists are now investigating dark matter? Oh, yeah. Everyone hears dark matter? Mm Mm-hmm. Neil actually disagrees heavily with the fact they call it dark matter because the way he explained it is actually not dark matter. It, it it makes it sound like matter itself. The way matter yeah, is explained, yeah. it's not. He says it's it's more akin to call it dark gravity. Hmm. And I'm like, I never heard anyone say that before. Yeah. And like, the way he Good talked way about it, I was like, it oh, in okay. And it, it just, like, it's just some in high level scientific stuff that they're talked about in that two hours and fourteen minutes. I highly recommend it because it is uh really really interesting stuff. Nice. I liked it. I thought it was amazing. And even though I didn't know anything they were talking about. In
2: short, if you're intelligent and need some intelligent conversation, listen it to was, it.
0: You know, if you want a podcast to listen to that is actual intelligent talk and not just mindless uh, pol- political gibberish ongoing, which is what we have way too much of in this time. Or else
2: ranting for that matter.
0: Yeah, it... it it's an intell- two intelligent people talking about some really high-level subjects that are fascinating.
2: Mm. Oh, now so we're going would... to we're gonna have to batch uh, us all,
0: We're going to have to watch. Uh, I would highly recommend that people watch that if you're interested in that sort of stuff. It's really good stuff.
2: Look on the and chat.
0: In- I've seen wait, it. We're going to a... have to
2: iron him now to just come out with what he was thinking. I think that was the joke.
0: <laughs> yeah. The... Uh... This week, though, Joe Rogan's got a lot of really good guests on. Like, the other day he had Gavin McGinnis, and then tomorrow apparently he has Philip DeFranco on. So it's like, well, shit, that's like, you know, each one of his shows are like two to three <laughs> hours. So that's, uh, that's those are long. And my watch later list is like eight videos, but t- uh, the other one is like two and a half hours with him interviewing Gavin McGinnis, and then there's the t- what two, three hours he's going to be with Phil tomorrow, and then I got a couple of hour-long videos on my watch later list. It's just it's a never ending chore to keep up with that thing, which is why I start to skip out on certain videos. And if it's like, eh, gotta be very specific on my subject matter nowadays, since all the videos I watch are now so long, but I, I do believe that is all we have for that. Hmm. So
2: And toilet I'm... humor from Zal apparently.
0: Oh Yeah. The, uh, shockingly enough, we made it to an hour and 53 minutes raw. I think by the time we cut it down, it'll be well under 90 minutes, though.
2: Yeah, Plus I we've think got we for that like wonderful minutes.
1: outtake of being interrupted. Hmm. Yeah, I think the, uh, first 40 or so minutes was just us, you know, screwing around and talking about random stuff.
0: Yeah. No, actually, the first, it was, the pre show stuff was 25 minutes, but we'll see what it cuts down to. Hmm. But anyway, pretty good. I don't think there's much else. Uh, I, phew, Unless the news erupts in the next week, I wouldn't expect a show next week mm. two weeks out uh this show I checked Libsyn. I was worried about whether or not this show was gonna post on time. it will uh we still got four hundred plus megs left for the month, so that'll be good. The show's going up on time two weeks out from now, we should be uh March. what is that the uh ninth yep. give or take All the when time you should from expect May. to have yeah the have the next show out. That'll be a full show. Whatever amount of news happens in the last in that two-week time period, plus first looks on both Horizon and Zelda. I yeah, think our
2: birthdays are going to be safe show-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but like... yeah, uh,
0: a lot of stuff to look forward to. Yep, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I don't think there's much else. Kaz, do you have any final thoughts? No, not really. Dark Odd. Sandwich. Sandwich. We have food. Mm, I'm talking. I already had mine before the show because that's I, uh, between now and 4 a.m. this morning. I had nothing to eat outside of a bowl of ice cream at 4 a.m. this morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna. make myself a sandwich earlier, but then mom gave me a muffin, and that fills me up, you know, enough. That I was like, yeah, I can wait till after the show. So now it's like you know, mm, sandwich. Need to get on that. Then you've got me that will starve and scarf a piece before the show.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And I do believe that's all we have. So until next time, don't choke the chocobo.
2: Bye.
0: Bye now.